Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the EFT Healing Center Online Radio Network. Tap into your fullest potential. Starring the founder of the EFT Healing Center, Annabelle Fisher. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton. Hey, Annabelle, how are you doing this fine day? I am very well, Scott. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's sunny, it's warm, and uh, I just got back from Jamaica a little while ago, and I still have a little bit of my tan, so uh, all is well (laughs) in the world. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to seeing you with your tan. I haven't seen it yet. Yes, well, I'll have to do that soon because it's fading quickly. <laughs> it was actually, it was really quite interesting being down where I was. I went to a, a resort in Jamaica that was all-inclusive, and I had a real purpose of just sitting on the beach, reading, maybe doing a little bit of Uh, you know, working on some of the projects that I have, but I really looked at it as a bit of a retreat, which is different than normally when I go someplace, you know, I want to travel around the island and see everything. And aside from the trip from the airport to the resort, I never actually left the resort, which was unusual, but but totally uh, my purpose in going. And I was there almost two weeks. And it was really interesting to me because I ran into this couple and after a, they were there for two weeks as well, but after a week they decided to come home, and they actually just live uh, in Abbotsford, not very far from where I live. And it was interesting to me because in the beginning there was kind of this enthusiasm for the place. They liked the people, they liked the food, uh, they liked the beach, and then when they decided to go it changed to, well, you know, it's too hot and humid and it's the, you know, I really don't think the food's that good and, you know, I don't know what the people here aren't that nice. So it was almost like they changed their whole perception of where they were based on the outcome that they wanted to have. And to me, it felt a little inauthentic, right? I mean, you know, just say you don't want to be here and leave it at that. You don't have to justify it certainly don't have to justify it to someone you probably never see again and uh, but I just thought that you know that change like 180 degree change uh, was rather interesting based on you know what they decided they wanted to do mm-hmm. yes so uh, you you use the word inauthentic so what is authenticity then that yeah that was that's a really really good question and I uh, because they were feeling like they were true. I'm sure that they felt both times when they were talking that they were telling the truth. I'm sure they didn't feel any um, contradiction or being pulled in two different directions. I felt, I'm sure they felt that they were totally authentic and, and being open. Yes, I think uh, it, it's an interesting uh, parallel that goes on for us because um, I've certainly found with clients that I work with uh, that they do believe that uh, they are being uh, as, as truthful as they can um, and they are living life in the best way that they can. However, through EFT, we often peel away the layers so that they realize that there is that other, another part to them uh, that isn't being allowed to come out and play, as I put it, um, and to express 
herself or himself um, because it's just not safe to do so. Mm. Uh, so um, I, I enjoy working on uh, what authenticity means for my clients because, of course, it's completely subjective and it's unique to each person. Um, but then the, the bigger question for me would be, why is it unsafe for them to be truly authentic in any given moment? And that's uh, where we can get to some really core issues, some uh, really juicy stuff. Most usually it's not safe because of events that have happened in the past when they were being authentic. Um, so, for example, I was working with a client uh, last week and uh, she, she and I were, were working on a, a specific memory that had happened in her adult life. Um, and she became very sad and, and somewhat frustrated because she said, I, I let myself down because I didn't stand up for myself um, at that moment. And I let down the part of me that wanted and wants change. So th this was uh, very interesting for me. I was very curious about that because she was observing the other part. So she was doing her her best in that moment, but then that made her sad and frustrated when she reflected back. Yet she did realize that there was a part of her that wanted change. And the part, the part that wanted change had, in fact, spoken up, but she hadn't been heard. What she was desiring and needing at the time was not offered to her. Um, and so I asked her for some homework because I give my clients homework. You can't take the teacher out of the, the ex-teacher, Scott. So I have to always give my clients homework. And uh, I, I asked her for homework a couple of questions, and one of them included writing um, a description of who her authentic self was, and I often ask my clients to do that. And the reason why I asked her to do that was so that she could get back in touch with that part of me that she of her, sorry, that she described as wanting change. Uh, so I, it's something that I, I wasn't sure that she could answer very quickly in the, the end of the session. So I set it for homework. And um, so she then emailed me a description of who her authentic self was. And most usually when um, I work with clients, and um, I've even written the list in the past of my true authentic self, um, and it, it often words such as honest, uh, a able to laugh, uh, able to feel freely, passionate, uh, kind, safe, um, sensitive, introspective, loving, those kinds of terms come up um, and grateful, things like that. That's who somebody is. And I, and I, I regard the authentic self as the person we were, the essence that we were when we were born. So completely untouched, unblemished and pure. This is the authentic self uh, that's in, within all of us. And because of what life has thrown at us over the years, uh, the authentic self has been squashed down and smothered. Um, and uh, we have become another person to protect the authentic self in essence essentially uh we've 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 put on what i call a protective armor um and the reason why we've done that is because when we've been in authenticity uh most usually uh we've ended up being hurt so it's safer to protect ourselves 
And what I notice is that the, uh, the protective armor that's put up creates a person that is not really true to who the, the, the client really is, so that they may be very serious or very angry. Uh, they may um, find it hard to move into vulnerability. Uh, they may have lost their sense of humor or be very anxious a lot of the time. Uh, perhaps they have panic attacks or get stressed really easily. Uh, perhaps they need to smoke or drink or have another drug of choice. Um, so that is really the protective armor that comes up, and that's how it plays out for the person uh, to protect the essence, the purity that they are deep down. Um, and life has, I guess, for want of a better word, hardened them. Um, so when my client was uh, reading off to me uh, the list that she'd written down of who she was at her authentic self, it was absolutely fantastic because she then said, what I'm thinking as I'm telling you this is I'm actually asking myself the question, who is my inauthentic self? Mm, what a good question that is. Yeah, so she was starting to realize, hang on, it's, uh, I'm able to tap into who I am in a pure sense and at my, in my core, who I am, who the person I was born as, but then who have I become and who is my inauthentic self that really is the, the armor plating or the mask that protects me. And, um, of course, it was pretty much the opposite of uh, how she had described herself in authenticity. Um, so she, she said a lot of things that I hear a lot of the time when I ask people about who they were as children. So often phrases come up such as, I wasn't able to say what was on my mind, or I had to be the good girl, um, I wasn't allowed to cry, uh, I wasn't allowed to show any negative emotions. Uh, uh, I was a pe people pleaser. Um, and what my client was realizing that not so much now, but certainly in recent years, she was, she was a people pleaser and she's not able to say what's on her mind. And, uh, she often goes into a place where she doesn't feel comfortable being vulnerable. So she's becomes tough. Um, and, uh, she, tries not to be angry um uh, and so she is angry and everyone around can feel it yes possibly yes and uh and probably she can feel it too but she uh she knows that on the surface showing anger is quote not allowed uh now whether that that was uh something created in her childhood or or in a relationship uh, could be any number of things uh, so there's or, or this list of her inauthentic self, uh, I thought, was a brilliant way of actually starting an EFT process. So if, um, if you're able to write down who you are in authenticity and then who is your inauthentic self, this is part of the detective work of what's going on for you. Because uh, these are beliefs that you've created, such as it's not safe to say what's on my mind, or I have to be the good girl, or it's not safe to express negative emotions, or um, boys don't cry, that kind of idea. These are all limiting beliefs, uh, but that they're probably 
who we are when we're being inauthentic. Um, so when I was uh, discussing, when she, sorry, when she was discussing this with me, uh, she told me this is who I had to be to survive my childhood mm. in the in the family I was born into, and it just it just started a lot of bells ringing in my head, Scott, because I thought, wow, this is a, a brilliant way of starting an EFT process to get a lot deeper and work out uh, what specific memories we can. Uh, we can start tapping on uh, because she then followed up by saying, even as a child, I didn't feel real. I knew I was being a fake. Um, and what she often felt was sad and disconnected. So I was able to use that information and ask questions such as uh, think of a time when you were sad and disconnected as a child or think of a time when uh, you were not able to say what was on your mind, uh, when you had to be the good girl, uh, when you uh, didn't cry and you really wanted to. So I used all the clues that she had given me in her description of her inauthentic self to turn into questions. When was the time that you felt these things? Um, and actually, she came up very quickly with three very specific memories um, that we were then able to work on. Um, but I thought that it was a very useful way of leading into, um, into getting into specific memories. Because one of the challenges with EFT is if I ask a client what's going on, and then I say, say, for example, somebody said, um, I never get angry. Um, and I say, well, when when did, were you first aware that it wasn't safe to get angry? Often I'll hear, I, I don't know, it's just it was always that way. That's always how I felt all through childhood, teens, adulthood. You or, know, Annabelle, when you're talking about the anger, you, you, I had some memories kind of pop up of how uh, people, how f far people will go to not express their anger, to, uh, to uh, totally avoid it. And, and obviously that's not you know, 100% or even a majority of the populace because we all see people honking their horns in traffic or yelling at each other or whatever, wars. But uh, I was at a personal development course like 15 years ago and they had an anger exercise where you actually pounded this table with a rolled up newspaper thinking about what got you mad and then kind of expressing it and then kind of letting it go was the process and they had you know the look on people's faces as the exercise was described was amazing particularly the fear in a lot of people and they would have people jump up and just run for the door to get mm -hmm. out and I remember that the way they ended up solving that problem was they put the table between the people and the door. So in order to run out, you had to actually go through the, the anger that was being created energetically in the room. And that stopped it because that was worse than, than, the, than the fear. But it was just amazing to me how uh, people don't, they don't want to express it and they've never been taught a constructive or uh, healthy way to express their anger because usually when we've seen that uh, in our parents as young children it was 
getting spanked, getting slapped, getting beat. You know, I know uh, some friends of mine that were talking about when, oh yeah, when my dad was mad at me, he just took his belt off, took me behind the shed, and I'd be, you know, unable to sit down for a week. So, uh, yeah, yes, is... I mean, I, I think anger is a big one. And, and the way you say about people not being able to express it healthily, well, it's my belief, Scott, that that's the case because they haven't been shown how to. It's been modeled to them in uh, ways that are detrimental or impede them. So a lot of the time, uh, in fact, I'm thinking of a client I was working with a few days ago um, and how she said to me, when I was a child, um, I used to have temper tantrums. And uh, now I, I, I no longer um, need to express myself in that way. Um, however, she does have very severe anxiety. Now, her father was uh, physically and verbally very abusive. So I said to her, well, there's two, two parts to this. One is your father was modeling to you normal behavior because that was her father. She, that was the family she was born into. She didn't know what it was like to have a father who responded any differently. So mm -hmm. that was familiar to her. Um, so that, that was normal. So of course it was normal for her to have temper tantrums because she was literally modeling uh, using her father as a model and uh, her and pretty much reflecting his behavior in in her in her world as well, so her temper tantrums were no different to the behavior that her father exhibited on the on the flip side of that, the other part of that is chances are the temper tantrums were a release, a way of getting everything out in one go for her because of all the fear, anxiety, stress that was caused uh, by her father's behavior and what that meant to her. Um, and so she would uh, probably store, store it up and store it up or push it down, and then it would all explode in a temper tantrum not dissimilar to her father's. So there's two ways that people exhibit um, the anger as, as children and then, of course, in, through into adulthood. Um, alternatively, they may uh, squash themselves up and, and uh, hide in a, in a corner to get away from it. So they, be, they behave in the opposite. They go to the polarity. Um, I've worked with clients who's, uh, who one or the other of their parents was very physically or verbally abusive and volatile and unpredictable. And as a result now, whenever they hear anybody who's loud and, and volatile, they will shrink back and become very quiet and insular because they don't want to play a part in that. And as we look back on it, that's the way they would have behaved as a child too. So um, clients have said to me things like, I would go into a corner and curl up in a ball, so the fetal position, or I'd, I'd uh, creep away to my room, or we'd have have to all sit quietly, not making eye contact with the parent. Um, otherwise, we may have been uh, hit or shouted at. Right. So there's lots of different ways that people respond uh, to, uh, to anger with their anger. Because their anger has to come out at some point. If, it, if it's been demonstrated to them on an ongoing basis, uh, they have to have some thoughts and feelings 
uh, and insights and ideas on what it's like to live with a parent or possibly both parents who are very loud and volatile and aggressive verbally or physically. Um, so they can either go to the polarity and behave in the opposite or they can mimic them in temper tantrums and then angry and volatile as adults as well. So it's very, very difficult and rare to find people who um, are able to find a middle ground. It just seems like we, we're either at this extreme or that extreme. We either accept and do as our, say, our parents taught us to do when it comes to, since we're talking about anger, since we deal with anger, or we just totally reject that and we go to the other end, whereas I would suggest that the healthy uh, path is somewhere in the middle of it to be able to express your anger without stuffing it down and without having to, you know, pull a branch off of a tree and whack the person with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Buddhists talk about the middle way, and that's what we, um, I believe, is the healthy way that we are striving for. Because you're right, we either swing in one direction or the opposite direction. I mean, that's the way the subconscious works. It works in extremes and absolutes. So it either thinks, well, to be safe, I have to totally mimic my father and literally become him, or it thinks, to be safe, I have to go to the opposite end of the extreme and be quiet as a mouse and unseen so that I won't have to experience that kind of abuse. Yeah. So, yeah, it's absolutely uh, usual to go from one or the other. It's unlikely, I mean, we're talking about anger, but it could be in anything. If we've had a parent who's very, very angry, it's very unlikely that somebody uh, is going to be very centered about it. They're going to come from a place of being very anxious and quiet uh, and unassuming, or they're going to come from that angry place too, because all the modeling has been done and it's their way of expressing what, what they felt about it. So, Annabelle, in your experience working with all the clients that you have, is this, because, you know, this is a really kind of a depressing topic when you think about it. I'm either going to be exactly like my parents or I'm going to be exactly the opposite of my parents. And regardless, I'm not going to be dealing with the issue very well, right? So, well, I, I don't think it's depressing, Scott. What I do think is it's enlightening okay. because once, once we have that understanding, I know I talk about it in most uh, podcasts, so I almost sound like a stuck record. But once we have that understanding and awareness, that's where the compassion comes in. Like, ah, now I get it. I get why I behave in this way. Well, I, that, I get, brings, that brings me to my question, and that is, are we stuck in this or can we change? Exactly. So with a tool such as EFT, you bet we can change. Because for, uh, for in the example of my client, um, when, she, uh, when she was saying about her inauthentic self and she, she said, I never get angry and I certainly wasn't allowed to get angry as a child. That's the nugget of gold that I'm looking for. Ah, she wasn't allowed to get angry as a child. Why? What went on when you were a child? Well, I knew a lot of it because this wasn't our first session. Um, but I was able to ask her, well, what, what was going on? When were you not allowed to get angry? So then we can start being uh, even more of the creative detective and asking the who, what, when, where questions and finding out what happened uh, at one time. 
when, when was a time where you weren't allowed to get angry? Oh, well, it, well, I was six years old and this and that happened. So then we can certainly address a specific memory with EFT and uh, clear that, no longer have such a strong charge um, on the intensity of it. Hopefully you have no charge at all. And uh, then so we can clear that p- piece of the jigsaw. Now, the beauty with EFT, which a lot of people that are new to EFT don't always grasp, is that um, we don't need to go through every specific memory piece by piece because I think we'd be here for forevermore constantly tapping with, with no chance to do anything else because what happens is what's called the generalization effect. So we address um, a particular memory about where I wasn't allowed to get angry and then that the ripple effect happens. So uh, how how the shifts take place around that particular memory then take place around other memories that are somewhat related. They're not the same memory, but they're related. Probably involved similar people, if not the same people, similar kinds of experiences. And so the charge around all of those memories drops as well. So we're actually uh, addressing a number of things in one, so to speak. Oh, very cool. So, when you're dealing with uh, with your clients and they're and we're getting into their like the inauthentic self, uh, is there any particular techniques that you use to help you kind of get people over these these types of issues? Well, uh, this was an interesting experience for me, Scott, because it was the first time a client had said, wow, I'm just realizing who my inauthentic self was and, or is. And uh, so I, I, loads of light bulbs were going off for me. I thought, wow, this is awesome. Uh, uh, my client's really, really insightful and uh, really connected to what's going on. And so I started to realize as she listed who she is when she's being inauthentic, that we could use that information to then tap on. So, uh, for example, I, I listed off to you things like people pleaser, don't say what's on my mind, don't get angry, don't cry, things like that. So definitely um, then tap on all of that in a general way, what we call an EFT, creeping up in the, on the problem. So if, to avoid getting overwhelmed uh, when there's quite a lot of information uh, and it's quite general like this, just throw everything in and tap very generally. So, for example, uh, e- even though I was never allowed to get angry, I accept myself anyway. Even though I had to be the good girl, I accept myself anyway. We're not working on anything specific right now. We're just starting to shake things up to allow the subconscious to throw forward specific memories. So tap in a in a pretty general way. And she, she had said, I had to be this person as a child to survive my childhood in the family I grew up in. So I said, um, even though I had to be this way to survive my childhood, I accept myself anyway. So very, very globally, we're not talking about anything particularly specific. Um, and then that led, after we had tapped on that and tapped around the points, just describing um, who she is when she's inauthentic and who she was as a child, which of course is the same when she's inauthent- she was inauthentic, um, that led her to say to me, 
uh, that she felt uh, she realized as a child because of all of the things going on that she felt very disconnected. So then another nugget of gold. So then I was able to use that information to ask her, think of a time when you felt disconnected within the family. And uh, she was able to come up with some events. Or I said, think of a time when you weren't allowed to get angry or you had to be the good girl and something came up. Now, uh, sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, people uh, can say, uh, well, I don't know, it was just always that way. So again, if that's, if that's how you're feeling as you're tapping, well, I can't think of anything specifically. I just know it was always that way. I, I was always the good girl. I always, uh, I felt un, unsafe expressing what was on my mind. Just use that information, even though it was always this way. And again, peel away the layers that way by tapping in a very general way. Because remember, there's no right or wrong with EFT. We can only work on the information that's being presented. So if nothing specific is coming up, then then tapped very generally, even though I was always the good girl. Because once we can get into that and feel calm about that and not panic that nothing specific's coming up, then naturally it will. Because when we're in a calmer place, we're looking at things from a different perspective. Uh, so once we get, we can tune in to a specific memory then we just use regular EFT on that. So give the memory a title. So um, um, I, I saw dad hit mum or um, the teacher laughed at me in front of the class or um, I, I, um, I, I was ashamed at school or whatever it is that comes up and then use EFT on that. So even though I have this, uh, this memory where, of when my teacher laughed at me in front of the class, I accept myself anyway. And then simply describe what was going on, the who, what, when, where, uh, as you tap the points. So that after that, it's just regular EFT that everybody's very familiar with. And actually, Scott, this morning what happened was I chose to use matrix re-imprinting with my client because I felt that that would... Uh, really shift uh, one of the specific memories uh, that she had described to me. I felt that we needed to go in at that level and uh, and rewrite what had happened uh, to her on behalf of the little girl that had struggled and suffered. Wow. Well, Annabelle, we're coming up to the end of our time today, but I think that next week what we need to do is get into what matrix re-imprinting is and how how it's used because I know that's one of the tools that you have in your EFT toolbox that's very, very effective. Yes, um, I trained in matrix re-imprinting a good six months ago now and I'm finding uh, the results I'm getting with it when I'm working with clients absolutely phenomenal. Wow. I, I love it. So I'd be most happy to talk to you about that, what it is, how people can use it for themselves. Awesome. Let's do that. So if anybody has any questions about EFT or they want to talk to you more about their specific issues and how they can use EFT, uh, what should they do? Yes. Well, uh, you can come to my website, www.theefthealingcenter.com. And of course, uh, 
If you want to know more about different topics of EFT, I highly recommend the upcoming EFT gathering that's taking place in Vancouver at the end of October. And the website for that is www.CanadianEFTGathering. We've got a whole range of different topics that are going to be presented by EFT experts uh, from uh, trauma and the fight-flight freeze response to setting effective boundaries, to finding your voice, to becoming truly empowered and in alignment with your life purpose, um, and so much more. There's nine speakers, so I encourage you to go to that website too. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Annabelle, for sharing all this wonderful information about EFT, and uh, thank you everybody for joining us, and we'll see you next time.